This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. Hallelujah, Father, we thank you for all you've done for us. We are going into the word that you have led us to go into. May it penetrate the soil of our souls that you have prepared. And may we be immersed in your counsel by the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, in Jesus' matchless name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We're in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 12 and 13. In the NIV, it says, So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. May God strengthen me by his spirit to render to you this message from our new Living Truth series. Nine common lies. Number one, the first common lie that God won't give us more than we can handle. For in this series, the Holy Spirit is leading us to examine whether or not we are in covenant with the King of glory, who is Jesus Christ. He transforms his disciples, enabling them to shine as lights of heavenly truth in this spiritually fallen world. His commission for the disciples that he calls and transforms is to teach all nations. They're going to teach what, though? Their own message? No, they're going to teach his holy gospel truth. That's what they're supposed to do. Which leads to baptizing those souls in his name. Uh, and that should be a fruitful experience for us all, if we are his true disciples, without question. The world needs to know Jesus, the real Jesus. And based on Revelation 1, 5, and 6 in the NLT, quote, Jesus Christ is our faithful witness of the revelation, that is, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory is to be given to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He has made us a kingdom of priests for God, his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. In quote from Revelation 1. Yes, Jesus Christ, the King of glory, transforms his covenant citizens as representations of his holy and glorious revelation of him being the way, the truth and the life. It is by his sanctification that we can uh, present the revelation of living truth by God's spirit into a dark, lost world. Now, let us therefore submit to God. Hallelujah. And you know what? He will abundantly equip us to live righteously before all the world. I present to you the Living Truth Series, Part 1, 
Uh, this is part one of our series. There, go, there are going to be other parts. This part is based on a book with the same title, uh, Nine Common Lies That Christians Believe. Um, the Holy Spirit helped Michael Shane Pruitt to write it and publish it in 2019. And it's helped shed light on nine common lies where we adulterate the Bible. But we want to teach and preach from the unadulterated Holy Word of God. Amen. Amen. The common lie that God won't give us more than we can handle. You know, often when we believe or recite the statement, I'm calling it, God won't give you more than you can handle. But what we might really be saying is that we don't want more than what we believe we can handle. If we're perfectly honest, you know, we make plans for ourselves, don't we? That keep us comfortable. And we want God to bless those plans and stay inside those boundaries of that plan we made. You know, however, God as the living truth capital L, capital T, living truth, hardly ever operates that way, amen. He almost always gives us more than what uh, we can handle on our own so that we'll seek him for help and guidance. And looking at the statement, God won't give you more than you can handle, with a little more detail, we can readily affirm that it cannot, and I repeat, cannot, be found anywhere in the Bible. It is a command of our Lord Jesus that we judge every spirit and mentality against the unadulterated holy word of God. We got to use the real word of God to have the holy judgment that enables us to have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Jesus was able to use the rhema word of God and to defeat the enemy in the wilderness when he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, my God. And he was enabled by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was picturing for us, we need the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, that statement is not a product of the Holy Scripture and should not be quoted as such, right? Uh, some people might uh, point to 1 Corinthians 10 as justification for the statement. Uh, let everyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And that's verses 12 and 13. Now, uh, what is the actual context of this scripture? These verses are actually talking specifically about temptation. Basically, the verses are teaching that everyone is tempted. That's without question. Each one of us has different weaknesses and different enticements that will grab our attention. But the point is that we will all face temptation. So when temptation comes, we need to have a game plan in place. The promise we have from God in those moments is that we will not be tempted beyond our ability to overcome it. Yet, uh, we still need God in those very moments. Notice the comforts given. God is faithful. And he will also provide the way of escape. 
uh, even in this scenario, it's more than we can handle because we are completely dependent on God to keep his promises. For example, uh, when that inappropriate image pops up on your uh, computer screen, guess what the way of escape is? The power button. <laughs> Yes. When gossip springs up at your office, mm -hmm. guess what the way of escape is? Shutting it down or walking away. Mm -hmm. You know, God remains faithful to provide the way of escape and therefore gives us the ability to endure temptation when it comes our way. We have to make the right choices. Amen. If you think about it real good, all of life is more than we can handle all of life. We don't exist without a God who, who creates us. We don't breathe without the breath he places in our lungs, do we? We can't comprehend and make decisions without the brain that he provided for us. We can't feel love uh, and care without the heart and soul he has placed inside of us. Amen. We can't navigate through this journey called life without the wisdom that comes from him. We can't endure suffering without a God who gives us hope of a brighter tomorrow and a promise that he has a plan and purpose for everything and everyone. We can't truly heal unless there is a God who can heal us. Yes, all of life is more than we can handle, but it is not more than God can handle through us. The truth is that God won't give you more than he can handle through you. This brings into the point of being a good and faithful what? Servant. Where he can say what? Well done. Thy what? Good and faithful servant. Amen. One of the greatest promises that God gives us in scripture is not that he will keep us out of difficult situations or that he will make sure we never experience suffering. Rather, he promises to be with us in those difficult situations and be an ever-present help in times of trouble. Mm -hmm. God is our refuge and strength, mm -hmm. a very present help in, in, in trouble. Uh, Psalm 46.1. He also doesn't promise us that we'll face only things we can handle. Uh -huh. If we were able to handle everything in life on our own, then why would we need God? Think about it. Often the biggest blessing of being in, in over our heads in life is that we have an opportunity to what? Rely on God, who can take on anything and everything. He is able. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41, 10. Amen. Yes, yes. The promise is not that he won't give you more than you can handle, but rather that he won't give you more than he can handle through you. We are all facing the overwhelming challenge of the pandemic and certain hurtful biases of partisan politics. But I pray that we will all learn the valuable lesson of depending on the Lord for the power to live a life that glorifies him and also helps others. Amen. It won't necessarily be easy or natural for us. There have been and will be times 
when trusting in the Lord will be a real struggle. Society may not be as supportive as you might expect it to be, and we may not always have the luxury of depending on certain loved ones or people related to us in some way. Perhaps you have to endure much negativity in your life from others. You may even have to hear people misquoting how God will not give you more than you can handle. Uh, but the real truth of the matter is that God is sovereign. Uh, if we trust that he is sovereign in good things, then we should also trust that he is sovereign when we uh, think things are kind of bad. Amen. He is in control. And his timing is always perfect beyond our ability to understand. We do not have the ability to cope with certain things, but we need to depend on and trust in God. You must trust in God. Thank God. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 4 lets us know that for everything, there is a season and a time for uh, uh, every matter under heaven a time to be born a time to die a time to plant a time to pluck up what was planted a time to kill a time to heal a time to break down a time to build up a time to weep a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance perhaps you have a testimony of how god put more than you can handle in your life are you trusting that he will never give you more than he can handle through you? Are you doing it like that? Uh, as the Lord's servant, he will provide you with the grace and peace that you need to go through whatever his will has in store for you to go through. God will help you go through your go through. Amen. He said that he would never leave you. He think uh, must be trusted. He must be constantly and consistently believed in. He is a sure foundation to stand upon amidst the quagmire of faultiness all around us. My God, remember the testimony of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. Jesus told him that, quote, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. End quote. Amen. What a testimony. The Holy Ghost can help us have that testimony. My God. He'll help us to not wimp out. My God. At the least little sneeze of those who come against us. My God. We got to stop listening to the sermons of the haters. My God. We got to use the sermons of the haters as a stepping stone. Amen. Use them. Oh God. God said he'll make your enemies your what? Footstool. Hallelujah. Come on haters with your speech. I'll use it to get to where I got to go. Hallelujah anyhow. Thank God. God chooses what to uh, reveal to us and what not to reveal. Uh, the primary truths he has revealed to us are that he loves us, is what with us, and can identify with us. We forget about that, that God can identify with us. Yeah. No matter what we're going through, he can handle it. Amen. Yeah. We can't, but he can. Mm -hmm. 
One of the main reasons he can handle whatever we're going through is because he is a God who can identify with his creation. A great God can identify with you. Deep in our spirit, though, we may feel as though Jesus couldn't possibly understand what we're going through. We might think deep within, amen, without really saying it, but it, the fruit is there. What does Jesus really know about my earthly pains? He's not going through what I'm going through right now. And this thinking process may most likely be brought on by physical suffering, feelings of being alone, or, or thinking you are the only one who has had to wrestle with a particular temptation, trial, or conflict. In a way, this thought process uh, has been made worse by a common reading of scripture that skips right from the birth of Jesus to his death and resurrection, ignoring the fact that most of the Gospels deal with Jesus's life, his very human life. The truth is, if there's anybody who can understand what we're going through, it's Jesus. Uh, when the Son of Man came to earth some 2,000 years ago, he was fully God, but he was also fully human. In Jesus, the qualities of God and the qualities of mankind worked together as one. With this reality came all the experiences of what it means to be human. The good, the bad, and the ugly. My God. Therefore, he can completely identify with everything humans go through. He personally knows what it's like to suffer and experience hardships. He understands and can uh, empathize with us in ways no one else can. Let's take a look at some of the very familiar, yet very incredible ways that Jesus identifies with us in our humanity. You know what? Jesus knew what it was like to experience poverty. He was basically homeless. Well, we know about living from paycheck to paycheck, and that could be a real struggle for anybody. Surely God can't understand what it's like to go sleeping hungry and cold, can he? Well, Jesus, the Son of God, knew exactly what it was like to be poor. After all, if the scriptures do reveal that he said he, he didn't have a place to what? Lay his head, amen? Well, that means he was homeless, amen? So, yeah, he can identify with those who have have to do without. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head in Luke 9, 58. Jesus knew what it was like to experience exhaustion. Some of us are tired of being sick and tired, and that's not just from physical or uh, social things, but even a psycho-emotional uh, part of our being. We get tired of dealing with things. Our brain is tired of thinking about it. We don't have enough emotional fortitude to deal with things. My God, it's okay to admit it. Some days, maybe even most days, we become exhausted. Jesus knew all too well what it was like to experience weariness. It's good to re, uh, remind ourselves that Jesus walked everywhere he went. He walked, y'all. On top of that, he had to deal with his disciples arguing about who was the greatest while often completely missing whatever lesson point he was trying to teach to them at the time. Uh, not to mention having religious leaders plotting his life while he did nothing but good, like healing folk, raising people from the dead, feeding the hungry and such. Many times uh, he would keep on walking and go off by himself to pray. He knows what it's like to be physically and emotionally exhausted. 
exhausted and he knows what the remedy is uh, guess what else Jesus knew what it was like to be betrayed oh God unfortunately Jesus uh, was well acquainted with the pain of betrayal not only was he betrayed by religious leaders who, who were jealous uh, of the crowds that were following him but he also was betrayed by those very close to him for example his own family when his family heard it uh, quote uh, uh, they went out to seize him for they were saying he's out of his mind in Mark 3 21 and one of his closest friends also betrayed him quote immediately the rooster crowed a second time and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him before the rooster crows twice you will deny me three times and he broke down and cried in Mark 14, 72. Uh, and ultimately, one of the 12 sold him for a measly 30 pieces of silver. He said, uh, what will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him 30 pieces of silver. Uh, Judas Iscariot, my God. Matthew 26, 15. There's more. Jesus knew what it was like to suffer from grief, y'all. Jesus knew what it was like to experience heartache, sadness, and sorrow. A couple of instances in the Gospels. Jesus uh, was weeping over the condition of Jerusalem. Quote, and when he drew near and saw the city, he wept over it in Luke 19, 41. And, and, and a second time, due to his grief, a second time at the death of a, a beloved one, Jesus wept in John eleven thirty-five. Amen. He was also sorrowed by humanity's rejection of God. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised. And we esteemed him not. Isaiah 53, 3. That's not all. Jesus knew what it was like to be tempted. Maybe you uh, can accept that Jesus knew grief and exhaustion, but when it comes to fighting temptation, you might feel deep inside within that surely Jesus cannot relate to that. But the writer of Hebrews reminds us that nothing could be further from the truth. Although Jesus never committed a sin, he was still tempted on all points, like as we are, but what yet without sin my god look at hebrews 2 you will find it uh jesus knew what it was like to experience suffering when we search for meaning in our suffering it can be hard to find uh, on this side of eternity because uh we, we we can't uh know all the purposes of our sovereign god we can't figure out the meaning you know on this side oh my god but when we get to the other side then we'll really get it but right while we're on the earth we don't get the point uh but we have a savior who knew exactly what it was like to suffer. He confided uh, his emotional pain to his disciples, saying, my soul is very sorrowful even to death, in Matthew 26, 38. And he obviously endured the physical pain of his extremely gruesome death on the cross, my God. That's not all, one more. Let's do one more. There's others, but just one more I'll give you. Jesus knew what it was like to feel forsaken by God. We can't overlook that, y'all. Remember, sin was placed on him that was ours, my God. He, he, he laid it on himself. 
And when God, amen, looked upon all the multiplicity of the weight of sin upon his son, my God, and God being the holy God he is and can't be acquainted with sin in that way, in fellowship with it, God had no other recourse but to turn his head. And Jesus let the world know in Revelation by his spirit, why, as he spoke in their language so they could know, my God, my God, why has what thou forsaken me hallelujah anyhow he prayed he exercised faith my god he he grew he loved he was glad he was angry he had all emotions like us he got hungry he was thirsty he slept he did everything like us he knows our weakness. No wonder there's hymns that people were inspired by the Holy Ghost to write. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus knows our every weakness. What a massive comfort to know that we don't have to uh, uh, trust in a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But one in every respect that has been tempted as we are, but yet without sin in Hebrews 4.15. Let's look at the point that we're trying to make here. God is our strength. Jesus is our strength. One day we will be able to enter into the joy of the Lord if we are faithful and diligent seekers of the Lord's will and being true disciples of Christ, walking the face of this earth in holy faith. But right now, God has to be the joy. He's the joy. Amen. His joy has to be in us. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Jesus left His Spirit to comfort us. And we need all of what the Spirit has to offer. Love. And what's next? Joy. Joy is not about happenstance. It's not based on your surroundings. You can have a smile in the midst of turmoil. And people will wonder about the hope that lies within you. And then you will be able to point them to Jesus who is your joy. He's the strength of my joy. Hallelujah, God. It's He that brings that kind of joy. Amen. He can endure the cross and despise the shame and be placed at the right hand of the throne of God. He is the way out. God will show us the way out through the Son of Man, the Son of God, the bridge back to God, Jesus Christ. Yes. We got to place our hope and trust in Him. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. Paul learned in Philippians uh, that no matter what you're going through, he had to learn how to be content he said to the believers at philippi not that i am speaking of being in need for i have learned in whatever situation i am in to be there for what therein content mm -hmm. i know how to be brought low and i know how to abound in any and every circumstance I have learned the respect of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. No matter what Paul was going through, he kept his faith. Amen. Kept his hand in the hand of the man from Galilee, Jesus Christ. Why was he able to be content regardless of the circumstances around him? The answer was that he had a secret. Uh, verse 12 in Philippians 4. What was his secret? Verse 13 is the secret. Uh, Philippians 4.13 has to be one of the most misquoted and misused verses uh, uh, in all the Bible. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This verse has nothing to do with dunking a basketball, hitting a game-winning home run, nothing to do with bench-pressing a ton, nothing to do with winning lots of money, or being a successful business uh, tycoon. On the other hand, in its context, 
This is an extremely helpful and encouraging verse. When the Apostle Paul wrote these words, he was under house arrest, awaiting his trial, where he might possibly be put to death for preaching the resurrection of Jesus Christ. However, instead of being defeated by unfortunate circumstances, Paul used this opportunity to teach the young church in Philippi that he could endure any and every circumstance, ups and downs, highs and lows, because he had a strength that comes only from Christ. This supernatural strength to endure all seasons and situations was always with Paul because the Holy Spirit of Christ was always with him, even in prison. My God, God wants us to learn from the times when heavy burdens are upon us and when we seem to be walking on cloud nine, carefree and light as a feather. Through these times of highs and lows, God wants to mold us, y'all. God wants to put us on his proverbial potter's wheel. Jeremiah wrote about it. God's pottery wheel may seem like a wheel of misfortune, presenting us with transformational challenges, but his blessings will outweigh our struggles. Ah, and by holy faith, we can experience gracious life transformations in ourselves and in our families, my God. We can see God move in our own life. We can see God move in the lives of those around us. And we should pray for opportunities to share our redemptive experiences to the world. That's the opportunity that is presented to us as the Holy Spirit seeks to use us as his representations. We represent what God has done to us, to the world, making us representations of God's glory, enabling us to shine for him. Such heavenly victory will make us more compassionate as we share much-needed sanctified empathy in the world around us. It's a cold, cruel world, but we can have the warmth of holy empathy to be a soothing agent that leads people to the healing arms of Jesus. Going through is not pretty, but it certainly brings lots of beauty into the world. The devil and the presence of sin in the world has evil purposes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God's grace can blossom bountiful blessings even in the midst of turmoil. Somebody bless the name of the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For being my strength that helps me go through. I'm going to make it to the other side. Hallelujah. My God. I'm going to have to endure some bruises here and there. But the devil's head will be crushed. Hallelujah. What happens when you destroy the head of the problem? My God, you destroy the works of the devil. That's what Jesus came to do. Let that mind be in you. To destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Not to be enticed by them. To enjoy them for a season. My God, you enjoy sin for a season. My God, you're going to have the hellish reason then to have eternal damnation. But Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly through the power of the Holy 
Ghost, and we can withstand the wiles of the devil. But we got to rely on the power of the Holy Ghost. My God. Hallelujah. Let's remember this truth. A truth to move forward with. Sometimes God gives us more than we can handle. Yes. But he never gives us more than he can handle through us. Yeah. So let's stop quenching the spirit and let the Lord have his way. Yeah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, and we give you the glory. We thank you, Lord. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.